you're listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who's trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you finish listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast. Leave a comment and tell a friend. It will really help me out. You can also join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group after the show and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. folks, you're listening to Everyday Creative People episode 8. Today my guest is J.M., who also goes by the pen name J. Jenkins. J.M. is a physicist by day and the author of the political webcomic Doomed to Repeat It by Night. J.M. holds degrees in theater and physics from Mary Washington College, which is actually where the two of us met studying theater together. They love rugby and, in J.M.'s words, truly terrible young adult fiction novels. J.M. lives in Northern Virginia with their wife, Becky, two young kids, and two slightly annoyed cats. Hey, J.M. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Had two cups of coffee this morning, so we're, we're in a good way. <laughs> yes, that's that's always helpful. Um, I'm, I'm drinking my tea while we chat, so it's, it's a good thing. Um, so let's start off. If you can tell me a little bit about who you are and what kind of role does creativity play in your life? Well, who I am, that's a, that's a broad question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, but what I do is um, I'm a physicist for my, for my paycheck and I actually love doing that uh, quite a bit. And then creativity has always just been part of, part of my life. Uh, and I thought for a long time it was going to be through theater, but it's really manifested through drawing um, and looking back, I've always been drawing. I just didn't realize that I didn't realize that cartoons counted. That's interesting. You didn't realize that cartoons yeah. counted. No, because you, you put all this, this thought like, oh, artists are serious and they can draw like <laughs> the reflection of themselves in a spherical ball and then they know how to draw water <laughs> and stuff. And like, I'm one step above XKCD style art, which if I could be half as successful, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Well, XKCD is a pretty stellar comic, I think. Uh, it's a worthy goal to, to work towards. So can you tell me a little bit about, um, so you started off in theater. You and I went to college together and studied theater together. So that's cool. Um, yeah, that was awesome. So what, what was it that initially drew you to theater? And, uh, if you can tell me a little bit about sort of your journey that, um, it might be this might be too broad of a question, but uh, the journey sort of from theater to here. Yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty good question, actually. Um, I have been involved in theater as as long as I can remember. Um, I, to the point where I know when I was three, I was doing um, what, is it, what is it called when you do voices, doing imitations. Oh I was doing yeah, like Humphrey Bogart at three because that's <laughs> what I was watching old black and white movies. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was pretty good at it. And my mom, my mom's an actor. So she was mm. always in plays. And, um, and now she's a playwright, actually. And so I would, every school play was my favorite. And I would audition for the local community children's theater. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I went to theater summer camps. And then when I went to college, I'm like, no, I'm going to buckle down and be a physicist. And then I auditioned for a play. And two weeks later, I was submitting my theater major card. And so they <laughs> suck you in. <laughs> yes, they do. So hard. <laughs> what? It I'm was, curious. It was wonderful. It, to, to sort of step back for a moment, what was it that made you say, oh, I'm going to buckle down and be a, a physicist? Um, because I discovered that I loved physics. Uh, which was was its own accident. I um, I failed out of biology and chemistry, and all that was left for my science requirement to take was physics. <laughs> okay. Like, oh God, I was so bad at bio and chem. Um, That's so funny. I feel like most people have the opposite problem. At least I had the opposite right? problem. <laughs> well, my teachers were all astounded that I was really good at physics, which shouldn't have surprised them because math is my jam and physics mm. is applied math. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I was good at it and I loved it and I found it fascinating. And I'm like, great. I don't have to be like poor and starving. I can do something. <laughs> yeah. The appeal of that uh, secure career path. Is all right. And, and I was strong, good at something a lot of people weren't good at. Um, so that was really great. Uh, I ended up majoring in both, obviously. <laughs> I yes. I'm a physicist now and they don't really take theater majors to do that. Um, <laughs> But so, I needed both in my life. I would get frustrated. I couldn't solve an equation or something. And then I would go instead go work on a scene or go um, go design something for, mm. for set design. And then uh, I'd get really frustrated with a bunch of theater stuff. Like I was having trouble memorizing my lines or, you know, so-and-so in the cast was just like grinding my gears and I had had enough. I would go drive some shiz and Jepson in the science building. <laughs> and it was just... I needed to use both sides of my brain all the time. Mm. Mm. And that came in handy in lighting design, right? I could, I can convert how many foot candles come from, uh, from this uh, particular lighting instrument and how far the throw is going to be like, I've got that. Mm. Or um, when I was in proof, I was the lead in proof, which is a show about math. Had it. Yes. I had it. I had that one down. I even know what (laughs) proof she was like. I was able to come up with, I couldn't solve it damn it. But uh, I knew what proof she had solved. And, um, and then in physics, I was able to write really great application reports and stuff like, hey, here's what theater lighting is based off of. Haha, it's yeah. all <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so when you finished college and you sort of went out into the real world, um, were you able to continue? How did you continue feeding both sides of your brain? Um, at first I didn't, and it was a miserable, miserable year. It, it was awful. I actually fed none sides of my brain. I, um, <laughs> it was terrible. I went to Dahlgren, which is a Naval Surface Warfare Center, and I thought okay. I was going to get this great physics job. And I, I sat in a cube all day and did nothing. They had nothing for me to do, so I wasn't doing any science, oh. and I definitely wasn't doing any theater because I had to be there for like nine hours a day and it was an hour commute back and forth. Wow. And it was... It was a nightmare. So <laughs> I stayed there for precisely one year and then I ran away with the theater. I, um, I became a carpenter mm. at the studio theater. I'm like, so turns out physics and reality just isn't a thing. Let's go try theater in reality. And uh, that was a good and bad year all in one. I really, really am glad I did it. I really love the scene shop guys. I really loved building. I really loved seeing the design being implemented and put into place and watching the, the professional creative process. Um, I was really hungry because I didn't get paid hardly at all. So there was that, but it, that was a really great year too. 
And then I, um, of, I settled you back. You kind of in. like flip flopped completely over two years, like one direction and then the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to try something, right? I'm like, this yeah, is awful. I, yeah, I have to leave it. I'm like, I'll never try physics again. So the year <laughs> after the theater, I went back to being a physicist. <laughs> um, and what prompted and that, that? That was like of return. Um, well, I got a job offer, and I knew, I knew I needed to make money because when I say yeah. I was hungry, I mean I was. I was physically hungry. Like I, um, mm. I had lost a bunch of weight and I had wow. developed vitamin deficiencies cause I couldn't afford fruit. Oof. And, uh, the, the studio theater, they told us when they told us about our stipend and our living arrangement and they're like, yeah, and you qualify for food stamps and Medicaid. So really when you put that all together, you make more than we do. And I'm like, that's not a sales pitch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm so poor. <laughs> oh. Oh man, um, you know, you can always find money for vodka, but finding money for an apple seems hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, the but, irony. Yeah, so then I, I kind of crept back into the professional world and I had a hard time there because it was still pretty boring, but I kept moving, moving more and more towards doing actual science. And what I'm doing now is really, really fascinating stuff. I get to direct experiments. I get to... Mm you know, work with data and make new discoveries. And that's what science is, is making new knowledge. And I get yeah. to do that. And mm. it makes me very happy. That's but great. then I, I lacked. Yeah, but then I lacked the, um, so I use a lot of creativity there. Like I design experiments. Sure. I, I physically build the apparatus. Mm. So I get to design it like with my set design and then yeah, uh, put it all together and then use my sensors and then come up with creative ways to what am I trying to learn here? But then I was always doodling in meetings, hmm. always doodling in meetings. And I started writing um, children's books for my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time, but we met playing rugby and our nicknames were pig and diamonds. I'm pig. <laughs> She's diamonds. And started writing the adventures of pig and diamonds just at work in my notebook. Mm. It's like, a very kosher Christmas for our first Christmas because I'm Jewish and she's Christian <laughs> ish. She's not really, I shouldn't say that, but she celebrates Christmas. Yeah. And so I wrote, I wrote that children's book with these little cartoon characters and then I wrote another and then I wrote another and I was just always drawing. Uh Oh, I'm losing you again. Oh no. <laughs> the last thing I heard you say was I'm just always drawing or I was just always drawing. Oh, which time? Because I said that like five times. Did did you hear about the chil children's books? Yes, I did hear about the children's books. Okay. I was just always drawing. That's the end of the story. I found my way back uh, to creativity and science. Hmm. So now you have your own webcomic. Um, I do. What got you to decide to sort of start that? Well, that was, I always wanted my own webcomic. Um, and I always thought it was going to be a story-based one. And I have one, I have a story in my head. Um, it's about like fallen angels and stuff, but I never, never got it off the ground because I was never happy with any of my drawings or it was always, I was always trying, trying to do something more with it and trying to make it look more professional. And, and I never got anywhere with it. It was too much pressure to try. Like, what's the whole story? And what is this? Mm -hmm. I can't consistently draw this character. What am I going to do? And then, um, and then uh, the, the Trump election happened and my world came crashing down a little bit. Mm. And I kept seeing all these parallels in history. And I've always seen these parallels in history. I always loved history as well. You know, like when we went after Osama bin Laden, we sent the entire army after one person, which we did before, yeah. 
We sent the entire army off after Pancho Villa and never found him because turns out it's hard to find a single person with an army. <laughs> and right, like I always see these parallels throughout history. I'm like, this is insane. We did this already. Who doesn't? How do people not see this? And then I realized people don't see this. Yeah, they don't see when we, you know, Colin Kaepernick is kneeling, and it's exactly the same as the 1968 Olympic protests, where the uh, the first and yeah. first and third, I think. Um, I forget their event. They drop their heads and raise their fists. And yep. it's the same protest. They're protesting the same crap. And it's been, what, 50 years? And I just started drawing it, started drawing these parallels in history. And I went, hey, this is good. And this is, I don't have to worry about character consistency. So that helps. <laughs> and I just started, I'm like, I can do this. I can do a weekly political mm. webcomic. There's mm. God oodles of material. I wish there were of material we tend to repeat our worst moments we don't we don't tend to repeat our best moments what do you hope to accomplish with this project well there's a couple a couple goals one of them is that in the selfish it makes me feel better right it it gets Mm -hmm. my feelings out my frustrations out like the crap what is all this um and the other thing is Starting a conversation, that's what I really want to do, is I want to start a conversation with anybody who will participate, whether or not they agree with me. I don't care. I mean, in fact, I hope you don't. That's that's the better way to do a conversation, is if we're all talking and going, yes, you're right, like it's no fun. <laughs> so I think that's my goal. Raise awareness, have a conversation, mm. have thoughtful insight. You know, like, hey, did you know we've done this before? It's like, oh, that's so interesting. That's what I hope people are thinking, which don't... Have- don't try to do that on Twitter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so you have a family. You've got two young kids. Yes, I do. Um, yeah. How does, how does, how do you find, you've got a full-time job, a family and two young kids. Uh, and actually I think maybe some animals also, is that accurate? Oh yeah, but but the cats yeah. are just constantly ticked okay. off. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how do you make make time and space for your art? It it's difficult, um, but interestingly, I started drawing this webcomic right after my daughter was born. Hmm. Like she was weeks old, and I started drawing it. Like all the time before that, I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time, and too much pressure. And right when I have the least amount of time and sleep is when I started drawing. And it, um, hmm. the time that I find now is um, when my wife is uh, pumping actually, cause she's still, she's breastfeeding the kid. Mm-hmm. So she goes up, the kids are both in bed, it's at night um, and, and Beck is pumping and I get half an hour where I can't talk to her cause she's focused and I can't play with the kids and you know, the cats are uh, using the litter box or something. And I just, um, I just draw for half an hour a night and I'm, I'm a little terrified as what's going to happen when she stops pumping when uh, hmm. when my daughter's six months old. I'll have to I'll have to find another way to structure time into my day. But I think we can make it work. If I only get half an hour, two or three nights a week, I'm good. I can maintain. What would you say have been your biggest struggles as an artist? The pressure, the self-imposed pressure. Um, you know, you think something's not good enough, and the you can't you can't share this with the world or you think you're faking it like oh i'm i'm actually terrible and i can't believe anybody anybody buys this crap and you're like well first of all no one's actually buying it it's cool it's free <laughs> um Certainly the, the self-imposed the pressure, pressure <laughs> yeah the self-imposed pressure for for coming up with 
ideas and they all have to be a home run and your art has to be perfect and you have to mm. have this and you have to have that is I have a constant mantra now, which is, you know what? It's good enough. You're, you're drawing it for you and it's, and other people get to see it and that's great, but this is good enough. It doesn't, you're not, you're not Leonardo da Vinci. It's going to be okay. This is your style. It's mm. okay. If it has flaws. That means you yeah. drew it. <laughs> like a post I had, um, about a, a couple of weeks ago now was I drew Richard Nixon and his face is all like a little weird and wide to me. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could fix that now. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. No one else aside from me and everybody who hears this is going to see this now. Yeah. As a, as a constantly recovering perfectionist, I was going to say as a recovering <laughs> perfectionist, but I feel like it's very much in process <laughs> always and yeah. always will be. Uh, I, I, I have, um, my my mantra is done is better than perfect. Sometimes done is better you just than need perfect. To get things done, <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah, that it's perfect. If I'm if I'm coming up on my deadline, I'm like, listen, I just got to churn this out, and it's pretty good. So I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. Do you find that? Um, so you you sort of set that deadline for yourself, right? Of like, I'm gonna post once a week. Um, yes. And and have you found that generally that's enough? pressure that 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 you've set that and people know that that's what you usually do I hope so I mean it keeps me drawing I I don't think yeah. I've missed a post mm. yet I have missed my me too posts because maintaining a weekly webcomic and drawing four portraits a week has been mm. way too much <laughs> <laughs> so I've had to I'm, I'm taking a break from me too into yeah. the new year so I can build up that backlog of mm. portraits again mm. can you Speaking of me too, um, can you talk a little bit about that project since um, we have not yet talked about it on in the interview? Oh yeah. So um, me too is my my project focused on the me too movement, where um, anybody can submit a picture of themselves to me at uh, doomed to repeat it at gmail dot com, and the two is the number two. Hmm. I'll give that to you. Um, and then I draw a portrait of them. And if they want, they can include their name. They don't have to. If they want, they can include a story or a quote. They don't have to. And then I just post four new portraits every week of, hey, these people have experienced sexual harassment or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really a great project. People feel like they can post their portrait to me without their name because they haven't had a forum to do it anonymously before. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the Me Too movement is all about standing up and declaring with your name who you right. are that this has happened to you. And a lot of people don't feel safe doing that. So this is a yeah. way that they feel that they can participate and be part of this community. And I really get that sense from everybody who submits that they, they feel like a part of this and I, we all feel stronger together. Mm. Um, mm. That's so awesome. And it originally was a comic idea. I was going to write, um, I was going to draw some people and then draw some of the celebrities and make kind of a yearbook style array. And it just, I don't need the celebrities people keep submitting and it's really fantastic. And wow. I just want to keep it. I want to keep it as, as everybody. It's just everyone. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, so you mentioned earlier that you're, you're wanting to have, you're wanting your work to um, spark a conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it has done that? I've had some conversations with my friends about it. I have friends from all political walks of life and um, 
some of some of my really good friends uh, we disagree with vehemently politically, and it's really sparked some excellent conversation. Hmm. Um, for example, I, I posted this this sign. Um, you know, Jews are not welcome here in German, and I crossed out Jews and I put in gays in mm-hmm. response to the um, the masterpiece yeah. cake shop, the Supreme Court uh, hearing right. on on whether or not he needed to bake a custom cake for a, a gay couple for their wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine was just ticked. He's like, but that doesn't make him a Nazi. And I'm like, what? Well, I mean, you're right. It doesn't make him a Nazi. However, if they rule in favor of this, there is literally nothing that stops him from putting up a gays are not welcome here sign. Literally nothing. So, and he, that's essentially what he's doing, right? Gays are not welcome here. I won't make you a custom cake. And so we went back and forth on that for a while and, and had a really good conversation. Hmm. Um, and that's and that's, awesome. that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that, you know, I think sometimes we, we put things out onto the internet and there can be that like social media conversation that is not mm-hmm. always productive. Sometimes it is. <laughs> um, Sometimes it is. Uh, but more often than not, I think the social media conversation can be really challenging. But that's really great that you found that it's it's sort of coming back in your in your personal life in, off the off the internet. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm fine with it being on social media too. Like each of my comics, if you click on them, there's a comment section. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I encourage people who agree, who disagree, who don't know to, to comment in there and I'll comment back mm-hmm. and we can have that conversation there. And, mm-hmm. and part of my referencing history, I think is to make this more of a, an educated conversation yeah. and not just like a, you're dumb and this is awful because those aren't productive conversation makers. Yeah. But you can say this is awful and I'll be like, well, what don't you like the line work or the concept or, and we can, we can go from there. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so when you are, I was going to hmm, try to decide where to go next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, I'll I make a left turn. <laughs> go left right here. <laughs> um, hmm. Have you ever experienced a block? Uh, yes. And actually, I think that's my biggest fear is that I'll, I'll run out of things to draw. Um, it, especially because what I'm drawing is based on current events. Mm-hmm. Like if there are no current events that lend to some piece of history that I happen to know off the top of my head, I'm, I'm running into trouble. And I'm really well versed in 20th century history. But before that, I get kind of patchy. Um, so that's that's kind of... Luckily, so far, something insane always seems to happen the very next day. <laughs> luckily, I'm luckily. Like, oh my, <laughs> luckily, I'm like, yeah, I had a block um, a few weeks ago. And I'm like, what the hell? What, what, what am I going to draw? And then some of Trump's aides were indicted. And I'm like, oh, it's just like when Nixon's seven aides were indicted. <laughs> hey, let me get that newspaper clipping. <laughs> Take a look at that and I'll just draw it. Replace the people on the cover. <laughs> The advantage of uh, having your, well, I don't know, the advantage and the disadvantage, I guess, of, of having your work be so closely tied to what's happening in the world around you. Um, but ultimately, I mean, yeah. I think that's, that's what art is, right? Like it's, it's, 
uh, a reflection of responding life. to the world around us. Yeah, a reflection of life. Yeah. Absolutely. Are there any resources that you have found helpful to you in your journey as an artist? Oh, wow. Um, yes. <laughs> resources. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my parents were always very, very encouraging of me being an artist. Very. Um, they they paid for me to go to a fifth year of college because it turns out there's not a, a lot of overlap between physics and theater majors. You don't get to double up classes. Um, and then reading, reading web comics has been really good. And in fact, Jeff Jacks, who writes questionable content, which is one of my absolute favorites, he wrote this long blog post about how you can start your own web comic. Mm. And it was basically you know, draw every day and here's here's the tutorial of how I draw on my tablet and here's the supplies you need and, and don't worry you are good enough and you just have to keep drawing and and that's where I get a lot of my my mantra of it's good enough you're fine you keep yeah. going keep going so that has been a really good resource just just from the the online artist community has been really encouraging you know that's that's where I picked up which programs to get on because uh, I draw this all on tablet now Mm-hmm. You know, which program should I use and what techniques are out there? And um, yeah. good Lord, Google is amazing. <sighs> <laughs> because I, I, especially for my comic, I look for um, actual signs and actual pieces of newspaper and actual stuff mm. to, as my inspiration. Like, what yeah. did this look like in 1968? What was that photograph? So I can make this visual connection. That's cool. Do you have anything... Do you have anything coming up that you want people to know about? Or is it, it's all kind of in the moment, week to week? It's, I mean, it's very, I'm very excited for this uh, comic I'm posting tomorrow, just because it's, it's going to be really cool, which I guess by the time people hear this, it's going to be like <laughs> nine comics back, <laughs> 12 comics back. Uh, I really enjoyed working on this one, though. It's, uh, it's all about the wall got the Great Wall of China mm. and then um, the Maginot Line from France from World War II and then Trump's right. border wall. And it's got mm. each of them, the uh, Qin Shi Hong, the first emperor of China, and then mm-hmm. Andre Maginot over his and then Trump over his. And mm. the quote up top is, this wall will keep my enemies out, which like for the first two, it certainly didn't. The, the <laughs> Great Wall of China was breached twice and it resulted in complete governmental change. And then the Maginot mm. Line was walked around and then the guns didn't turn all the way around. So the Germans just got surrendering French, which was funny. <laughs> oh, we can't That's turn the artillery around. <laughs> you win. That's hilarious. You I did like not know that little bit of history. <laughs> oh, the Maginot line, I think, is one of my favorite architectural failures <laughs> in all of history. Just like, what? Why wouldn't the guns go 360? What were you thinking? <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's, that's really great. Awesome. Well, where can we find you? You can find me at doomtorepeatit.net. Um, that's all spelled out. And I post every Sunday, usually Sunday nights, um, just because I have tiny humans running around all day. And I'm like, oh, right, I have to post a comic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. You can find my, my email address there. If you want to submit a portrait for the Me Too project, please do. I, I will always draw your portrait. If you send me a picture, I will draw your portrait. It might take me a little while, but I will draw it. Um, I've also got uh, 
the Facebook page, Doom to Repeat It. And I've got a Twitter handle. It's doomed to repeat. I can't remember how to spell it, but it's on my website. <laughs> They're all spelled right. slightly differently be because everybody the... owns things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll put them all in the show notes so people will be able to find them easily. Um, Great. And uh, yeah, is there any last thoughts that you would like to share before we wrap this up? Creativity and being an artist is it's a significant thread or a series of threads in the tapestry of who you are, right? It, it can't always be entirely who you are. In fact, it, it mm. shouldn't be. Mm. Um, but your life has to have it flowing in and out. So you have to have it in there. And if you don't, it will find a way to come out anyway. So just embrace that. And if you want to yeah. go forward and do something, find a way to start doing it. I mean, for me, it's an hour and a half a week of, of drawing and posting well, great. That's, that's all I can do right now. And that's doing just fine. So find a way to fit it into your life and you will just be that much happier and more complete. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That's perfect to, to end on. Uh, well, it's been really yeah. awesome chatting with you, JM. I'm looking forward yeah, to sharing thanks. this with the world. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. I, I, I'm really honored to be on your podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.